It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's Friday, April 22nd. Thanks for joining us this Earth Day. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. There's been a lot in the news about mask mandate changes. Tonight on the California Report, the latest on those guidelines. 10,000 Californians died of an overdose last year. And there's a huge divide in how advocates and officials are proposing we tackle the issue. We'll hear about a controversial proposal some argue could be a solution to the state's overdose epidemic, but there's strong pushback. Then we'll take a look at local news and weather before Felton Pruitt speaks to violinist and composer Tom Rigney. The Cajun Fiddler performs with his band Flambeau tomorrow at the Auburn State Theater. This is the California Report. I'm Alex Hall. Starting today, masks will again be required inside L.A. County's airports and on public transportation. KPCC senior health reporter Jackie Fortier has the details. Don't put those masks away just yet. Starting Friday, everyone over the age of two on public buses and trains and travelers inside all airports in L.A. County will be required to wear a face mask even if they are vaccinated. The new health order comes after a Florida federal judge threw out a mask mandate on public transportation and airplanes nationwide. But local jurisdictions can set their own guidelines, said L.A. County Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer. While it would be much preferable to have, as CDC had previously mandated, a requirement that covers the entire country, until the legal challenges are addressed, it's important that local jurisdictions take direction from the CDC on what measures are needed to protect the public health. Ferrer said the mandate will be reassessed when L.A. County's transmission rate drops to moderate or when the CDC says masking for passengers is no longer needed. COVID numbers are rising in L.A., with more than 2,000 new cases reported Thursday. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. California could sanction places to do illegal drugs under the watchful gaze of a healthcare worker. The so-called safe consumption sites are an effort to save lives as overdoses skyrocket across the country. KQED health correspondent Leslie McClurg explains. When Gary McCoy was 18 years old, he overdosed on heroin alone in a gas station bathroom. I immediately went back to my dealer's house from the hospital and bought everything that she had because it was the best heroin I had ever done. At the time, he was grappling with his sexuality in a conservative town in Virginia. I wasn't quite in the closet, but I wasn't really open about the fact that I was gay. He spent the next decade high, homeless, and near the brink. At 24, McCoy learned he was HIV positive. He was staying in a cheap hotel in San Francisco. It was Christmas Eve. I weighed 110 pounds, psoriasis all over my body, injecting every day, couch surfing when I could, trading sex for drugs or a place to sleep. When he didn't have anywhere else to go, he'd get high inside the bathroom stall at a public library. And so I think if I had a place to go to where I could safely use, where people could see that I needed medical assistance, I think it would have avoided a lot of trauma. For sure. Just last year, more than 10,000 people in California died of an overdose, which is why state lawmakers are debating whether to sanction safe consumption or safe injection sites. These facilities where people bring their own drugs look kind of like a hair salon with lots of mirrors and sterile supplies. 
people are going to a booth or somebody there who is helping them. Alex Crowell is an epidemiologist for the nonprofit research group RTI International. He's studied sites in more than a dozen countries. And then you have a second room where people can chill out, as they say, like a chill out room or a place where they can be after they have used drugs. These facilities range from everything from converted RVs to warehouses, always stocked with naloxone to reverse overdoses. There have been probably tens of millions of injections people have done in these sites uh, over the last 35 years. And no one's ever died of an overdose at one of these sites. You can call it what you want to call it. It's an open drug scene. Anne-Marie Schubert is the district attorney in Sacramento County. The fact that we're considering allowing our government to essentially aid and abet the illicit use of drugs that are killing our citizens, I find shocking. Schubert says providing a haven for drug use sends the message they are safe. She's pushing for something else. We need to get people to the point where they get treatment, even if they don't want it. It doesn't mean you throw them in jail, but you've got to have court order treatment. She says current law does not allow judges to order nearly enough people to get help. The last time safe consumption was on the table in California, a bill made it all the way to Governor Jerry Brown's desk in 2018. He vetoed it. Now another Democrat, Senator Scott Weiner, is trying again. So what we want to do is for people who are already using, that instead of having them use on the sidewalk when your kid is walking by, to give them a place where they can go inside. So if they do overdose, they don't die so that they can have a clean needle and not get hepatitis or HIV. Wiener's bill would pilot sites in San Francisco, Oakland, and Los Angeles. It has passed the Senate. Now it's in the state assembly. A recent cost-benefit analysis done in San Francisco shows that every dollar the city spends on safe consumption would save $2.33. Our hospitals, our emergency rooms, our fire department, our ambulances are all spending huge resources on people who are using on our streets. Because Wiener says they overdose and end up in jail. Gary McCoy was one of those frequent flyers. Now that he's in recovery, he's a huge advocate for safe consumption sites. I don't know if I would have stopped using sooner, but I certainly would have been in in much better hands. McCoy finally limped into treatment when his drug dealer nudged him to go. Today, when he strolls through San Francisco, he always chats with people getting high on the streets. He lets them know there's help available. That's the real service outreach workers at safe consumption sites could provide. For The California Report, I'm Leslie McClurg. Support for The California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. The James Irvine Foundation. Accepting nominations now for the 2023 James Irvine Foundation Leadership Awards at irvineawards.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just society, and opportunities for human achievement. And that's the California Report for Friday, April 22nd.
We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Alex Hall. Thanks for listening. Now let's take a look at regional news. Nevada County Public Health reports 31 new confirmed COVID-19 cases since last reported. 39 cases are currently active, 4 people are hospitalized. A reminder, the Nevada County Public Health Department now updates its COVID-19 dashboard only on Tuesdays and Fridays. Saturday, April 23rd, Sierra Watch and a handful of other environmental organizations gather at the village at Palisades Tahoe to celebrate Earth Day. Events kick off at 11 a.m., focusing on education surrounding composting, alternative energy, and sustainability through hands-on activities. The Truckee Community Recreation Center will host a free two-part speaker series focusing on forest fires. On Friday, April 29th, local scientists Eric Van and U.S. Forest Service District Ranger Rachel Hutchinson will lead a talk entitled Visioning Our Future Forest Restoration Processes. This lecture will address forest restoration and resiliency in the presence of catastrophic fires and a warming atmosphere. The second talk in the two-part series takes place May 13th and addresses prescribed fire and smoke, with special emphasis on the differences between wildfire, prescribed fire, controlled burning, and cultural burning, and the role of fire and the challenges of smoke in forest restoration. Each presentation will be followed by an audience Q&A. The series is hosted by Michael Llewellyn, the co-creator of the Forest Fire Exhibition currently at the center. The Future of Nevada County Courthouse webinar takes place Monday, April 25th at 6 p.m. The webinar will address the Nevada City Courthouse Facility Study, which looked at various options, including renovating the existing Nevada City Courthouse, replacing all or part of the existing courthouse on the existing site, or building a new courthouse in a new location. Questions this meeting will tackle include, what is the process, how are decisions being made, and what are the next steps? The webinar is co-presented by Nevada County Superior Court, Nevada County, Nevada City, and produced by Ubinet. Send your own questions ahead of the webinar to townhall at ubinet.com. That's townhall at ubinet.com. Register on Ubinet to participate live or watch the live stream on the Ubinet YouTube channel, Monday, April 25th at 6 p.m. From Tuesday, April 26th through Friday, April 29th, Caltrans Construction will close I-80 westbound on-ramp at Atlantic Street in Roseville from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. In addition, the 3rd, 4th, and 5th lanes on I-80 will be closed overnight. Westbound I-80 motorists will be detoured along Harding Boulevard or North Sunrise Avenue to Douglas Boulevard during the overnight ramp closure. Construction activities are part of a $12 million project to expand the width of the existing single-lane on-ramp to three lanes. Now let's take a look at our regional weather. Drier and milder conditions return this weekend and continue through most of next week. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight mostly clear with a low around 37. Saturday, sunny with a high near 64. Sunday, sunny with a high near 70. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, Tonight, a small chance of showers before 8 p.m., partly cloudy with a low around 21. 
Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 50. Sunday, sunny as well with a high near 56. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 44. Saturday, sunny with a high near 77. Sunday, sunny with a high near 82. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Stick around to hear Felton Pruitt speak with violinist and Cajun fiddler Tom Rigney. The two discuss his upcoming show tomorrow at the Auburn State Theater. For those who love tapping their toes, the theater says this is a dance-friendly show. We're talking with Tom Rigney, who, with his band Flambeau, will be hitting the Auburn State Theater tomorrow night at 7.30. Tom, it's always great to talk with you. Felton, uh, it's great to be in touch with you. We have a long history, as possibly some of your listeners know, uh, but going back uh, to my old days with the Sundogs and a lot of shows in Santa Cruz, uh, Strawberry Music Festivals, all of that. I remember you guys, the Sundogs used to play usually in the afternoon set on either a Friday or a Saturday at Strawberry. If it was the fall Strawberry, it was a nice warm one and everybody get hot and sweaty and you'd play for like an hour and a half and really just burn everybody out. And it was a great yeah. time. It was just a fantastic time. I imagine... Your latest band isn't much different. I'm sure you deliver. It's a similar combination. It's a very eclectic uh, bunch of musical styles uh, all mashed together in, in, you know, as I tend to do. It's kind of a mix of Cajun, uh, blues, boogie-woogie, New Orleans grooves, uh, a little bit of roots rock and roll, you know, mostly original music. But uh, it's a great band, and we're looking forward to the show. Have you ever been up to the Auburn State Theater before? Many times. Uh, we usually play there once a year. Uh, it had been kind of a tradition to play there in January, but in January things were still looking kind of vague, so we planned a springtime show, and I think that was the smart move. Who are you bringing with you in the band? Uh, well, my longtime piano player, Caroline Dahl, who's been with me for 20 years, I think, or, or if not 20 years, close to it. And Caroline is one of the greatest boogie-woogie and New Orleans piano players you'll ever hear. My new guitar player is Mark Brinitzer. And Mark was my guitar player in my very first band, my bluegrass band, which was called Skunk Cabbage back in the <laughs> 70s. Mark was this monster flat picker. Well, now... Almost 50 years later, we are reunited. I, I added him to the band just about it. It's not even a year ago now. So he'll be there. Sam Rocha on bass and uh, Brent Rampone on drums, uh, who's been playing with me for, oh boy, almost 15 years now. Give people a little taste of what they can get when you hit the stage. What do they hear? <laughs> what do they hear? Uh, a lot of fiddle. A lot of fiddle. It's very lively groove music, upbeat, tends to be kind of makes people feel good, makes people want to move. I've been informed that uh, the State Theater is planning on leaving some room for dancing Saturday night, so that's good. But yeah, we'll mix up the kind of Cajun and blues and roots rock and roll in just about equal measures. And then I'll throw in a few original, you know, instrumental pieces, more melodic stuff, waltzes and, and ballads and that sort of thing. 
Well, you mentioned being in the legendary bluegrass band Skunk Cabbage. I don't know how you went from bluegrass into your Cajun kind of stuff. What what got you to that realm? Uh, that was Queen Ida's fault. If anybody if, if anybody's looking for someone to blame. No, I knew Ida uh, during uh, back in the saddle days. We did a number of shows together. Right. And I was playing, you know, kind of new grass and Western swing. But I loved Ida's band. And just after back in the saddle broke up, Ida called me one day and she just said, hey, Rigby, I hear your band broke up. You want a job? And she basically offered me a job. I accepted it on the spot and started a like a six week European tour with her a week later. <laughs> I'd never played South Louisiana music at all. And so I kind of just jumped in the deep end. By the time I, you know, was kind of ready to leave Ida's band a year later and start what became the Sundogs, I had just gotten those Louisiana rhythms in my blood and my bowing arm. And uh, and so that became kind of the, you know, a, a major ingredient in the Sundogs and in Flambeau. Well, getting schooled by Queen Ida is getting schooled by the best because she was right. Absolutely. She's like one of the top three Cajun performers ever. Yeah. And, you know, we toured the world for a year. It was a lot of fun. But as you know, I'm I'm a band leader by temperament. And I realized it was time for me to kind of get back to get back to work on my own music. So Ida and I had a great time playing together. But then I moved on. Was Al Rapone in the band at the time when you were touring with her? No, but uh, I used to play with Al, uh, Ida's brother, um, kind of back in the Sundogs days. Uh, we did a number of shows with Al where, you know, we'd play a set and then we'd back him for a set. And uh, so Al was an old friend and a, and a great musician. We're talking with Tom Rigney, who with his band Flambeau is going to be at the State Theater in Auburn tomorrow night at 730 so, Tom, what's been going on with you recording-wise in the last few years? Now, I have a couple of Flambeau CDs up on my shelf, but I don't have anything recent, but then again, I've been out of touch. So, what's going um, on? Well, the latest Flambeau release is a CD called uh, Let the Four Winds Blow, and it's a, it's a combination of original Cajun-style music, uh, songs and tunes that I've written, and classic uh, New Orleans R&B, a little Fats Domino, a couple of uh, Alan Toussaint songs. And that's our latest release. What I'm just finishing up now, I don't know if you remember, uh, Felton, a, a few years ago I made a twin fiddle album with Michael Doucet. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the leader of, uh, you know, the great Cajun band, Beausoleil. Michael and I are old friends, but we finally made a record together, I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe six years ago or something. Just before the shutdown, he had flown out from Lafayette, Louisiana, to stay with me for a few days. We had some shows scheduled together with the two of us uh, backed by my band. And we had a, you know, four or five days booked uh, to be in the recording studio. The world shut down. The gigs went away. And Michael and I shrugged our shoulders and said, OK, let's just go make the record. So we, we ended up recording a bunch of tracks together. And now I'm just finishing that record uh, i'm in the middle of mixing it so uh i'm hoping to have it out in a couple of months that'll be the new uh, twin fiddle cd with michael Doucet. wow wow summertime release sounds good yeah yeah all right now i have to tell people a story just because i want them to understand how amazing you are as a fiddler and what your spirit <laughs> is like there's a picture if you go to fatmusicradio.com on our website there is a picture of tom 
with Phil Salazar that was taken at about, I don't know, 3.30 in the morning at Strawberry back in the (laughs) early 90s. Because we were all walking back from hitting all the jams and the camps late at night on a Friday, and it's about 3.30 in the morning. And somehow, I think I was walking with Phil and my friend Barney, and you were walking with your friend, and you and Phil ran into each other. So two fiddle players carrying a fiddle. And you guys, we decided to burn one. And you guys pulled out your fiddles and just started playing really quietly because it was 3.30 in the morning. It was 3.30 in the morning. And then you and Phil kind of stopped playing real quietly and stopped playing magically and and just started ripping and raring (laughs) to the point where all of Strawberry heard this jam for about 10 minutes. And it was one of my favorite (laughs) moments of my life. (laughs) Oh, that's so so nice of you. I remember that well. And, and. We were coming. I think we were coming from different directions we were. down a trail in the middle of the woods, you know, and surrounded by people in their tents, all trying to get a, a decent night's sleep at Strawberry, of course. And uh, yeah, we 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 kind of we kind of just jumped on it. Well, I have a couple magical Strawberry moments. One with Sarah Elizabeth Campbell, which I won't go into, but that's the one with you and Phil Salazar that night. That still sticks there, and that was that's the kind of guy you are in that any moment you're ready to pick up your fiddle and jam. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're going to see you do all of that uh, tomorrow night, the Auburn State Theater, 7.30 showtime, Tom Rigney and Flambeau. And Tom, it's great just to talk with you again. Likewise, Felton, great to talk to you, and we hope everybody comes out to have a big old celebration with us on Saturday night. That's our newscast for this Friday, April 22nd. Head over to kvmr.org to catch up on anything you may have missed in tonight's newscast. KVMR gets support from California Solar, local B Corp, employee-owned, solar co-op in Grass Valley, working to balance profit and purpose, specializing in residential and commercial solar systems, including battery backup systems. California Solar, cal-solar.coop and SPD Markets, serving Nevada County for over 60 years with locations on Zion Street, Nevada City, and McKnight Way, Grass Valley, offering conventional, organic, and local products, produce, also specialty food. Information online, spdmarket.com. Keep it tuned to your community radio station. At 6.30, it's the California Report magazine. On tonight's episode, a Placer County family finds themselves dropped into a war zone to rescue a young relative. Then at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for tuning in this evening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day.